This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Beck. Today is Monday, Yom Sheni, Chaf Adar, and we are back for another week of KMTT. Kimi Tzion Tetzei Torah, brought to you by Yeshivat HaRatzion and Israel Kashitsky Virtual Beit Midrash. Uh, our service statistics tell me that there are a whole bunch of people out there who are listening to KMTT, but who are not registered uh, with us on our mailing list. So I'd like to ask you, more as a favor to yourselves than to myself, but it's important every now and then, not too often, we do send out notices by email of changes, of, of news that relates to how one listens to the KMTT podcasts, and it really pays to be on the mailing list. So go to the website at www.kimitzion.org that's kimitzion k-i-m-i-t-z-i-o-n dot o-r-g and you'll see on the left side a button to uh, click on in order to register if for some reason there's anyone listening to this who doesn't know what the Israel Koshitsky virtual Beit Midrash is so I would suggest you go to the VBM's website at www.vbm-torah.org and subscribe to the VBM, which will send written shiurim to you by email. There are 16 different shiurim in almost every possible area of Torah. And uh, when you do have time to actually sit and learn Torah, read Torah, and not just listen to KMTT, that's another wonderful option. Today's shir, as usual on Mondays, is a shir of Rav Yair in Hilchot Barachot. We're going to continue our discussion of the Mishnah 40a, Dafmem Umar Aleph. The Mishnah says as, as follows If one inadvertently, inadvertently made the bracha, Baripiyadama, which is normally made on vegetables, if he made that bracha on fruit that grows on a tree, he fulfilled his requirement. However, in the opposite case, If one made the bracha, Baripiyadama, which was Matukan, which was established for fruit that grows on the tree. If he made that bracha on vegetables, then he did not fulfill his requirement. Then the Mishnah brings the last case, If on both these cases, whether Peros HaEitz or Peros HaAdama, he made a Shakon Yabidvaro, he fulfilled his requirement. We already discussed the Machlokas of Huna and Rabbi Yochanan. If this din, Al-Kulam Im'amar Shakon Yabidvaro Yatsa, includes bread and wine, pas and yain as well, or it's limited to mizonos, to, to peros adama, to peros ha'ilan, but it was never said regarding pas v'yayin. At first glance, the din that opens up the Mishnah, birech al peros ha'ilan, bari adama yatsa, is the same din as the final din of the Mishnah. Valkulab im amar yatsa. In both cases, you have a more general bracha, and it covers a more specific case. In the case of Birech al Peros Ha'ilan Bari Piyadama, what you did was that you took something which is more specific, Peros Ha'ilan, and you said Bari Piyadama, even though Ilan is more specific, it's not only a fruit of the ground, but it's a fruit of, of a tree that grows in the ground. However, it's also included in the more general bracha, and therefore one fulfilled his requirement. The same is true regarding the final din of the Mishnah. Valkulam im Amar Shakon Yabedvaro Yatsa. 
Shakon Yabdvaru is the broadest base. Shakon Yabdvaru, everything was created by Kaddish Baruch Hu's word. And therefore, it covers everything. Even the more specific cases of Bari Priya 8, Bari Priya Dhamma, of Mizonos, etc. However, we find a very interesting Rishalmi that might challenge our assumption. The Rishalmi is found in Perak Shishi Halacha Beis, and it discusses a story which is also found in the Bavli, but there's a variation between the way the story is related in the Yushalmi and the way it's related in the Bavli. According to Yushalmi, the story goes as follows. Barakapara found himself with two of his Talmidim, and they brought to them a few different things to eat. Afikameon, Pargon, Vaachunya, Vikaflutin. Pargon is something, it's some kind of pargio, something made out of chicken, uh, whose bracha is shahakol. Achonya is some kind of fruit that grows on a tree, whose bracha is bari priya eitz. And kaflutin is some kind of a vegetable, whose bracha is bari priya dama. Amru, nevarech al kafluta, dupater achonaisa. Let's make a bracha on the kafluta, which is bari priya dama, because that will cover the bari priya eitz as well. Below pater pargisa, however, it will not cover the shahako that one has to make on the pargisa. Should one do that? Or perhaps, Nevarech al achonaisa, should we make a bracha on the bari pra'etz? Lo pata lo den vlodein. Then we won't cover either the pragisa or the kaflutin. Kafetz chad, ubirach al pragisa, shakon yabedvaro. One of the Tamidim got up and jumped and made a bracha shakon yabedvaro on the pargisa. Gachich lechavre, his friend smiled, laughed, made fun of him. Amale bar kapara, lo lezeg gurgaran, loglan. I'm not angry at the one who jumped and ate the food, but rather I'm angry, angry at the one who, who made fun of his friend. He jumped and he ate the chicken because he was hungry, but why did you laugh at him? And to the other one who jumped and made the bracha, he said, even assuming there's nobody here that's smart that you can ask what you should make a bracha first, is there not somebody who has more experience, who's, who's older, that you could have asked? Amru lo yatsa shnasan ad shemesu. Both of these Talmidim died within the year. Amr Rabbi Yosef, ha'azlinan, train, v'lo shamina minaklum. Two people, two Talmidim died, but we still don't know the halacha. What's the halacha over here? When you have a situation where you have a bari priya eitz, a bari priya dama, and a shakal nyabidvaro, what bracha should you make? My kedain. Mistavra mevarech ala kafluta shakon The Pnei Moshe understands the conclusion of the Yushalmi as follows. You should make a bracha on the kaflut, which is a bari priya dama, and that will cover the bari priya eitz as well. Because of the din, the first din of our Mishnah, the pirech al priya eitz, peros ha'ila, and bari priya dama yatsa. However, you shouldn't make the bracha Shakon Yabidvaro, which would cover both the Eitz and the Adama, because Shakon Yabidvaro is Tfelelo. It's a less of an important bracha. It's not an important bracha. In other words, based on this understanding of the Ushalmi, to make a bracha Bari Priya Adama to cover Bari Priya Eitz is something that could be done Lechadchila. However, to make a bracha Shakol to cover Bari Priya Adama or Bari Priya Eitz could only be done Bidi Eved. It should really not be done. If it happened, so it happened. 
In other words, the Reisha of the Mishnah is something that one can proactively do. It's something that can be done lichatchila. One can go ahead and make a Bari Piyadamba to cover Bari Piyadamba so that there shouldn't be a problem of making a Bracha She'ina Tzricha. We have to make a Bracha both on this and both on something else. However, when the choice is shahakol to cover that bar piyatsa bar piyadama, then one should not make the bracha of shahakol. You should make an independent bracha of bar piyadama or bar piyatsa and a shahakol as well. So according to the Yushalmi, there's a distinction between the Reisha of the Mishnah, where it's not only a dim b'dieved, but it could even be done l'chadchila, so that one should not have rivoy brachos, which by the way, we don't paskin like this. And the Seifa, which says that im kulam yatsa, that's something that can only be done b'di'evid. That's the way the Pnei Moshe understands the Yerushalmi. So in other words, we have a distinction between the Reisha and the Seifa, and of course, we're going to have to try to explain this distinction. Based on what we said in the last year, that Shakol Nyabidvaro is a totally different type of a bracha, where it contains no Shevach at all, and it's limited to being a Matir, one can certainly understand this Yerushalmi, However, today we're going to look at the sugya from a different perspective. Let's start by taking a look at the Gemara on Dafnem Amar Aleph on 40a. Based, in order to explain the first din of the Mishnah, Birecha Ilan the Gemara says as follows: Man Ilan Arahi Amrav Nachman by Yitzchak Rabbi Yehudahi Dutnan Yave Shamayan Veniktsa Sa'ilan Mevi Veeno Kore. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mevi Vikore. The Gemara asks, who is it, who is the Tana, who holds that Ikar Ilan Arahi, that the main part of, of an Ilan, the main aspect of an Ilan is the Karka. Karka is the main thing. Amar of Nachman by Yitzhak, Rabbi Yehuda, it's none. Rabbi Yehuda, it's Rabbi Yehuda who, who said in the Mishnah in, in Bikurim, Yavesh Hamayim V'nikstat Ilan. The Tanakhama says, Mevi ve'eno kore. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Mevi ve'kore. The din of Mevi ve'eno kore or Mevi ve'kore is when one brings a bikurim, one normally also has a mikra bikurim. There's an entire parsha that one says. And part of, one of the things that it mentions in, in the parsha is saying, giving thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for giving us the land upon which we grew our, our fruit. You say, you, you say, And the question is, if I have a field, however that field right now can no longer produce the fruit that, that I want to bring to the Beis HaMikdash within the context of Bikurim, could one still say, In other words, if one has a field, but the, the, the trees on that field were cut down, or there, one had a field and he had a well in the field, and the only reason that the fruit was able to grow was because of the water that came from that well, but the well dried up and therefore the fruit can no longer grow. Can one take the fruit that previously grew before the tree was cut down or before the well dried up, bring it to the Beis HaMikdash, give it to the Kohen, and say the Parsha of Bikurim, and within that Parsha say, thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the land that He gave me in a situation where this land can no longer produce the fruit. The Tanakhama says, no, you can no longer say the Parsha of Mikra Bikurim, well, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says you still can. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, as long as the land exists, so even though this particular tree doesn't exist, 
but the main thing of, of Bikurim is taking for the land because the land can always potentially give new fruit. You can plant a new tree, you could have irrigation, you could bring water. As long as the land is there, we see the land as being the primary reason that the fruit grows. In other words, when a fruit grows on a tree, I relate it to the land. I see it as produce of the land. I thank HaKadosh Baruch for the land, not for the tree. According to the Tanakhama, if the tree is no longer there, then I can't thank for the fruit. Because the fruit grows, comes not from the land, the fruit comes from the tree, not from the land. And therefore, if the tree no longer exists, or, or the tree is in a situation, since the well dried up, where it can no longer give fruit, one would no longer say, the Mikra Bikurim. However, contra Yehuda, as long as the land exists, one could still recite the Mikra Bikurim. Based on this Gemara, Tosso says as follows, V'nira dahalacha krab Yehuda, desatam lantana kavase, v'nbirecha peros ha'ilan bari pi'adama yatsa. It would appear that regarding the Machlokis in the Mishnah of Mikurim, halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Because over here we have a Stam Mishnah, a Mishnah that is not attributed to anybody in particular, and normally the halacha is like a Stam Mishnah. And our Stam Mishnah says that if you made a Bari Piyadama on Peros Ha'ilan, you fulfilled your requirement. And according to our Gemara, this halacha in the Mishnah goes according to whose shita, according to Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, since it would appear from our Perek, in case of Mavarchim, that we paskin birech al peros ha'ilan bari piyadama yatsa, it follows from that that we also paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. Because what Tosas is assuming, that according to the Tanakhaman Bikurim, that Niktsa Sa'ilan, would, one would not say Mikra Bikurim, then it would also be true that if one made the bracha, bari piyadama on peros ha'ilan, one would not fulfill his requirement. Because I don't look at the fruit as coming from the ground, I look at the fruit as coming primarily from the tree. And therefore, if I made a bracha bari piyadama, what does the what does the adama have to do with the fruit that grew on the tree? It didn't grow in the ground; it grew on the tree. And therefore, I have to say bari piyadets bari piyadama simply doesn't fit. However, the Rambam in Hilchos Bikurim paskin like the Tanakama that one does not say but nevertheless in Hilchos Brachos he paskins our Mishnah that if one made a bracha one fulfilled his requirement the Rashba in our Sugya asked the question on the Rambam the Rambam would seem to be contradicting himself the Kesav Mishnah on the Rambam asked this question as well and in order to explain the Rambam he he brought in a Yushalmi which brings two different opinions regarding this issue. The first opinion in the Yushalmi in Perek Vav Halachabez is like our Gemara. Rabbi Chizkiya B'Shem Rabbi Yaakov Bar Achad Rabbi Yehudahi Rabbi Yehudah Avir Ta'ilanot Kikashim Amar Rabbi Yossi Divya Our Mishnah goes both according to Rabbi Yehudah and according to Tanakama. Peros Ha'ilan Bechlal Peros Ha'adama in other words, Peros Ha'ilan is the more specific category. Peros Ha'adama is simply a broader category which covers Peros Ha'ilan as well. But since Peros Ha'adama is the broader category, therefore if one made a bracha, Bari Pra'etz, it cannot cover the broader category. For instance, Bari Pra'agafen, 
is more specific than Bari Priya Eitz. Gafen is a specific kind of Eitz. It's something that grows on a vine. And that's the bracha that Chazal were matakein for drinking wine. If one made a bracha of Bari Priya Eitz, it covers all kinds of Eitzim, including the Gefen as well. Eitz is a broader category. Gefen is a more specific category. The same is true regarding Peros. Peros Ha'ilan covers all fruit that grows on trees. Peros Ha'adama includes everything that grows from the ground, whether it goes from the ground directly or it goes from the ground via a tree. Nevertheless, it's a broader category. Therefore, he says this has absolutely nothing to do with the question of Mikra Bikurim, whether I have, I'm able to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a situation where I have land, but I no longer have the specific tree. Because the question of Bikurim is a question of giving thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How can I give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu <coughs> on fruit that grew in a field that can no longer give any more fruit? So even though it could be that Adam is a broader category than Elon, Regarding the question of brachos, nevertheless, regarding mikra bikurim, that won't be enough. Let's try to appreciate what exactly is the machlokas between two, these two different opinions in the Yushalmi. One that's similar to our Gemara in connecting Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah and bikurim with our Mishnah, and the other opinion that says one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. It seems to me that there are two different ways that we can understand the din of the Mishnah, Birech al Ilan One way that we could explain the din of the Mishnah is that Peros Ha'ilan are Peros Ha'adama as well. And therefore the Bracha, Bari Piyadama, covers Pri Ha'etz as well. Maybe you weren't specific as, enough, uh, as much as you should have been, but, rather, but nevertheless, you made a Bracha which relates directly to Peros Ha'ilan. That's one way that we could explain the din of the Mishnah. The other way that we could explain the din of the Mishnah is that the bracha, Bari Priyadama, was never metukan on Peros Ha'ilan. And it doesn't relate to Peros Ha'ilan. However, the, the, if in a case where you made a mistake, since the bracha that you made is not sheker, it, 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 is, it does fit, it's suitable for Peros Ha'ilan. Peros Ha'ilan can be considered a Bar Piyadama, therefore the bracha of Bar Piyadama is enough in this case where you made a mistake. Let me re- rephrase what I just said using categories that we've established in previous shiurim. One way of explaining it is that the bracha, every bracha which contains not only the aspect of being matir hana, allowing one to have hana, by having a bracha before one partakes from pleasure of this world. But it includes Shevach as well. There's a certain amount of Shevach. When one is more specific and one talks and gives Shevach about this thing that HaKadosh Baruch created that I'm getting Hanar from, that bracha includes the aspect of Shevach as well. The question in our Mishnah is, does the Shevach of Bari Piyadama apply to the case of Peros Ha'ilan as well? I gave Shevach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu regarding Peos Ha'ilan, the Shevach was not as specific as it could have been, but nevertheless this bracha contained not only the, the, uh, the heter to, to get Hana from this world, since I made a bracha, but it contains Shevach as well. You could have said more specific Shevach. However, nev- however Bari Piyadama is Shevach, which relates to Peos Ha'ilan as well. Or perhaps there's no Shevach at all because Bari Piyadama was Matukan on vegetables, because vegetables are Peros Ha'adama. 
Peros ha'ilan, fruit that grew on trees, is not Peros ha'adam at all. But nevertheless, the eved, the bracha, bari priadama, can at least serve, function as a matir, since it wasn't a lie. Since Peros ha'ilan are also to a certain extent Peros ha'adam, Peros ha'ilan also indirectly grow from a tree. And therefore, there's a bracha that at least is not sheker. It's not a lie. And therefore, this bracha can be used to be matir eating from the peros ha'ilan in a situation of a mistake. This might be the machlokas between the two different opinions in the Yushalmi. If we say that it's tolo in the machlokas in Bikurim, that's only if we agree to the opinion of Rabbi Akiva that Ikar Ilan Arahu what does Ikar Ilan Arahu mean? It means that I look at Peros Ha'ilan as being basically Peros Ha'adama there's a conduit the conduit is, is a tree but nevertheless I look at Peros Ha'ilan as being Peros Ha'adama so you could have said a more specific Shavach you said a more general shavach, but nevertheless, peros ha'ilan are peros ha'adama. And that's exactly what the Yushalmi says. The Yushalmi doesn't say, ikar ilan aruhu. The Yushalmi has a different phrase. The Yushalmi says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, avides ilanos kekashim. He looks at ilanos as being straw that grows. In other words, the fruit basically comes from the adama. It doesn't come from the tree. The tree is simply a conduit. But the fruit grows from the adama itself. And therefore, any fruit that goes on a tree is a priha-adama. So you could be more specific and say, what kind of priha-adama is this? Is this a priha-adama that grew directly on the ground? Or is it a priha-adama that grew indirectly from the ground? But it's a priha-adama. And since it's a priha-adama, the bracha, bari priha-adama, goes on peros ha'ilan as well. The shevach, bari priha-adama, is perfectly suitable for peros ha'ilan. And therefore, the bracha contains not only a matir, but it contains the shevach, albeit a lower level of shevach, because it's less specific, but it contains the element of shevach as well. However, that's only according to Rabbi Yehuda, who looks at the fruit that goes on the tree as fruit that grew in the Adam itself. Ikar ilan, arahu. The main part of peros ha'ilan is the ara. I look at the peros having grown out of the ground, and therefore as long as the ground exists, I can say in Mikra Bikurim, as ha'adam ashenasatali. However, the second opinion says, I'm not concerned with the Mishnah in Bikurim. Mishnah in Bikurim is irrelevant. Divrei akolhi. Peros ha'ilan bechlal peros ha'adama. Vein peros ha'adama bechlal peros ha'etz. In other words, since peros ha'ilan are a more specific category of peros ha'adama, therefore, if one said bari pi'adama, it wasn't a sheker. It's included in Peros HaAdama. Peros HaAdama is, is a broader category. And this is irrelevant of whether or not I relate Peros HaIlan to the Adama. And I consider the Peros HaIlan as being a Peros HaAdama. The question is only one question. <clears throat> the question is, is the bracha, do, do the words, the words that I said, can it cover in some way Peros HaIlan? Yes or no? The answer is yes. Because even if I don't view the Peros HaIlan as being Peros HaAdama, nevertheless, there's no doubt that that the Peros Ha'ilan could not have grown had it not been nourished by the Adama. And therefore, from a certain perspective, they are fruit of the ground as well, whether I view them that way or I don't view them that way halakhically. But nevertheless, it's not a lie. 
And therefore, the bracha bidi eved primate vihana, even though the shevach of bar piyadama might not relate to peril sa'ilan. Let's consider an additional gemara. The Mishnah on 40b, Daf Memamid Beis, says as follows. Hayu lefun of minim harbe, if one had a lot of different types of fruit, Rabbi Yuda Omer, im yesh beinem min shiva alav humavarech. Vechachamim omrim mimavarech al ezamehen shayurtse. If among these fruit, he had certain fruit which are part of the shiva taminim, the seven seven types of fruit, Shinishtabcha Behen Eretz Yisrael, Chita Saura, which are Chita Saura, not fruit, but Gefen, Te'ena, Veriman, Eretz Zeshemen, Dvash, then one should make the bracha, the bar pre'etz, on those items. However, if he didn't have one of the Shivas Haminim, then there's no Kedima, there's no preference for making the bracha on a specific type of fruit as opposed to a different fruit. Chacham say, no, you make, you always make the bracha on what you put, on what you personally prefer. The Gemara Daf Memal from Rale 41a says as follows, Amar Ula Machlokas Kishabirchosem Shavot. The entire Machlokas of whether you go after personal preference or whether you go after the Shivas Haminim is only when we're talking about things that all have a Bari Prayer 8. Rabbi Yehuda Sava Min Shiva Adif, Rabbanan Savri Min Chaviv Adif. Rabbi Yehuda goes after Min Shiva, the Shivas Haminim, while according to Rabbanan, you go after personal preference. However, where the brachot are not exactly the same, everybody agrees that you make a bracha on one and then you make a bracha on the other. For instance, let's say you had vegetables and fruit that grows on trees, then you make a bracha on one and then you make a bracha on the other. What's interesting is that the Gemara doesn't say which you make a bracha on first. Do you first make a bracha, bari priyadama, and then bari priyadama? Or do you first make a bari priyadama and then bari priyadama? From Pashtus of the Lashon of the Gemara, the order doesn't necessarily make a difference. However, based on what we learned, that if you made a bracha, bari priyadama, it covers bari priyadama, we would assume that if you made the bari priyadama first on the vegetables, you would no longer be able to make the bari priyadama on fruit. However, Rashi, Rashi argues. Rashi says as follows: Even though we had, we learned now in a Mishnah that if one made a bracha bari piyadama on fruit that grows on trees, he fulfilled his requirement. That's when I picked up an apple and accidentally made a bracha bari piyadama on that apple. Aval tsnon v'zayit, if you have a radish and an olive, ubireich al tsnon, you made a bari piyadama on the radish, lo niftarat zayit. Then you have to make a bari piyadama on the zayit. In other words, according to Rashi, the dinner of the Mishnah on daf memamir alif, bireich al peras ha'ilam bari piyadama yatsa, is only when one made a mistake. One picked up a fruit, one intended to make a bracha on that fruit, he made a mistake, instead of barim, saying bari eights, he made the bracha bari piyadama, he was yotze, he fulfilled his requirement. However, if one planned on making a bari piyadama on a vegetable, on a tomato, then that bracha covers only the tomato, it does not cover any peros ha'ilan, which one wants to subsequently eat. Tamida Rabbeinu Yonah argue on Rashi and say as follows, 
Even though we learned that if one makes a bracha, so why does it say over here? First you make a bracha on, let's say, the vegetables, and then you repeat the bracha and make a bracha on the fruit. That's only when you had kavana to make that this bracha bar piyadama should be on that fruit. In other words, according to Rabbeinu Yonah, if one made a bracha on a vegetable, bari on a vegetable, and one had intention of eating not only this vegetable and other vegetables, but, other, but fruit as well, then the bracha bari would cover all the vegetables and the fruit that he intends on eating. Well, according to Rashi, the entire din of birech bari Hadama on Peosailan Yatza is only if you made a mis- mistake and specifically made the Bracha Bar Priyadama on this fruit. However, even if you intended on eating the fruit when you made the Bar Priyadama, the Bracha Bar Priyadama does not cover the Prihaits. Based on what we said, I would explain the Machlokas, Rashi, and Tamid Rabbein Yonah as follows. If we look at Bar Priyadama, as being a bracha on priha eitz as well, and the shevach of bar priyadama includes perosa eitz because perosa eitz are also perosa adama. Then Rabbi Yonah is right. If I make a bracha on one fruit and I plan on eating other fruit, then the bar priyadama that I made on one fruit covers all the fruit. If I made a bracha bar priyadama on one vegetable, it covers all the vegetables. Bar priyadama on one on one priyadama it covers all the all the all the perosa eitz. As long as you had kavana, it covers everything. Because the bracha, bar piyadama, is chal on peros ha'ilan as well. The bracha, bar piyadama, is a bracha on peros ha'ilan because peros ha'ilan are peros ha'adama. One could have made a better bracha. One could have, could have offered more specific shevach. However, one made a bracha that covers peros ha'ilan as well. Because peros ha'ilan are peros ha'adama, ikar ilan arahu, and that makes a lot of sense according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, and then our mission would be limited to Rabbi Yehuda. However, according to Rashi, we can suggest that it's not that peros ha'ilan are a pri ha'adama. Peros ha'ilan are not a pri ha'adama. However, when one said the bracha bar pri ha'adama, it wasn't a sheker. And therefore, at least one is not in the category of being nenem in ha'olam hazebali bracha. One said a bracha which makes sense. The words are not absurd. The words cover what one did. And therefore, if one made a bracha bar on a priya eitz, then since it wasn't an absurdity, since it wasn't false, therefore one was allowed to eat from the priya eitz. However, priya eitz is not a peros ha'adama. And therefore, if one made the bracha on a vegetable, why should it cover the peros ha'etz? After all, peros ha'etz are not peros ha'adama. It's only when one made the bracha on the pre ha'etz itself. Then we have to ask ourselves the question, Bidyeved, was it false or can it fit? Do those words fit? Or, 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 did, or was what he said a total absurdity? And the answer is the words do fit. And therefore, he's not categorized as being nene min below bracha. However, the bracha 
is not was never metukan as shevach for peros ha'ilan because peros ha'ilan are not peros ha'adama. Based on our interpretation, one should then explain the Rambam as follows: According to the Rambam, peros ha'ilan are not peros ha'adama, and therefore the bracha cannot work in within the format that Rabbi Yehuda might have suggested. The bracha bari peradama is not chal. The shevach was not said on peros ha'ilan. However. If one made the bracha on Peros Ha'ilan, since he didn't say something which is an absurdity, therefore he's at least not categorized as being nene min ha'olam hazeh below bracha, and therefore b'di'eved, the bracha can in fact work. The question is, why did the Rambam choose to go according to one opinion in the Bavli, rather, in the Ushami, rather than accept the Bavli? Well, either according to the Kesem Mishnah, the Rambam paskin like, like the Bavli, uh, I'm sorry, like, like the Ushami. But perhaps one could also give a, a, another suggestion. It's interesting that the Lashon of the Gemara is as follows. Man Tana de Ikar Ilan Arahu. Who is the Tana that holds Ikar Ilan Arahu? And then it brings down Rabbi Yehuda in Bikurim. The Gemara did not say Man Tana de Masnisin. Who is the Tana of our, our Mishnah? But rather, Man Tana de Ikar Ilan Arahu. The Gemara really never said that the din of our Mishnah only works according to Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara basically is saying, who is the opinion that the bracha bari piyadama could work on peros ha'etz lechatchila? Because peros ha'etz are peros ha'ilan. Who is that Tana? The answer is Rabbi Yehuda. However, there's another possible way of explaining our Mishnah. The other way of explaining our Mishnah is like the other day in the, in, in the Yushalmi, which the Babli can agree to as well. In other words, according to to, to the Tanakama that Igar Ila not Ara and that you don't say Mikrabikurim, nevertheless that day I can accept the din of our Mishnah, but for a different reason. Not because Peros Ha'ilan are Peros Ha'adama and the Bracha is Chal on the Peros Ha'ilan, but simply to, so as not to be categorized by the Eved as a Nene Min Ha'olam Bracha. You made a Bracha, the Bracha that you said is not absurd, the Bracha fits. It's not a lie, and therefore you're not considered nene min ha'olam below bracha. According to this, the, the Gemara never intended unlimiting the Mishnah to the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, but rather understood that there are two different ways of understanding the Mishnah. Who is the Tana that understands the Mishnah according to the understanding that peros ha'ilan are peros ha'adama, and the bracha can be chal lechatchila, on the Peral Sa'ilan, and who is the opinion that denies that? Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion that accepts that, Ikar Ilan Aruhu. However, according to the Tanakamba, that's not true. Since we say Yachid Rabbim Rabbim, and we usually pass like a Stam Mishnah, the Rabbim chose to Paskin in Bikurim like the Tanakamba, not like Rabbi Yehuda. But nevertheless, our Mishnah, that Birech al Peral Sa'ilan Baripir Adamayatza, is a legitimate Psak according to the Rabbim as well, as is said explicitly in the Yushalmi. To conclude, based on the way we explained our sugya, the Ushami that we began with is very, very simple. If one accepts that according to Ushami, according to the, the opinion that peros ha'ilan are peros ha'adama, and the bracha is chal lechatchila on peros ha'ilan, because you did say shevach, perhaps not as good a shevach, as specific a shevach as you could have said, however the shevach bari piyadama covers peros ha'ilan as well, therefore to say bari piyadama on peros ha'ilan can be done lechatchila. However, shahakol 
on pre Adamo or pre or Peros Ha'ilan is certainly only with Yevid. Because as we said in the previous year, Shahakol is not Shevach on Peros Ha'ilan, Peros Ha'adama, but rather it's only a Matir. It only allows one to get Hana. It only defines one as not being categorized as a Nene Minol Amazel Bracha. And therefore, if one made a bracha, Shakon Yeb Bidvaro on the Pargyot, Bidi Eved, it might cover the Peros Ha'ilan or Peros Ha'adama, but Lechatchila, it should certainly not be done. However, Peros Ha'adama, Lechatchila, working for Peros Ha'ilan, that, according to one possible understanding, what we attributed to Rabbi Yehuda, certainly can be suggested in Yerushalmi. Today's Halacha Yomit, we saw the Mechaber who said that you have to put your feet together when you daven, to which the Ramah added, Yesh Omorim, Kishomeg Litpalel, Yelech Lifanav, Shalosh, Shlosha Psiot, Derech Kiruv, Bhagasha, Lidvar, Shetzarich Lasat. Ramah says, Yesh Omorim. There are some who say that when before one begins to daven, one should take three steps forward. The Ramah explains, this is Derech Kiruv, Bhagasha, Lidvar, Shetzarich Lasat. It, it, it uh, exhibits a coming close and preparing oneself to do that which one has to do. The mark of this halach is not found in the Gemara, as you might have imagined from the language of the Ramah, Yesh Omrim, there are those who say, uh, it's based on a Sefer HaRokeach, medieval uh, German work, who, who brings this minag, it's quoted by the Ramah, as we just saw the halacha, and basically it's found in Mishonim among those sources which are known collectively as Sifuta Devei Rashi. There's a whole collection of works which more or less relate to Rashi's Talmidim. They quote Rashi a great deal. And this halach is found there in Sefer Pardes and Sidur Rashi and the Machzovitri. And that's where this halacha was brought. But afterwards, afterwards it's more or less accepted by, by all the Achvarim. The Levush does not mention the halacha. And the El Yavaba claims that the Levush's shita is that the halacha only applies if you're davening at home. In other words, the idea is you're, you're found in your own world. You have to take three steps, so to speak, to enter God's presence. Again, I remind you of the principle I mentioned a few times ago. All these halachot are based on the idea that tefillah represents amidah lifnei hamelech, standing before the king. And so here, Lebush says, always the, the Al-Yabab explains what Lebush is saying, that if you're in your house, you have to enter God's presence. So you take three steps forward. He says, if you went to shul, you've walked to shul. Within the shore, it doesn't make a difference where you stand. However, uh, all the Achonim reject this and, and uh, they claim that the, the Minag applies in all places, and this we all do, is you take three steps forward when you begin to daven. The common Minag is to see people taking three steps back and then three steps forward before they begin to daven. Most Achonim understand this as not being mandated, and it's just the Minag that arose because you wanted to make sure that you had the three steps to take. So, you, so to speak, you're clearing, you're clearing the space behind you. How else would you know how many how, how how to walk forward? In other words, you really don't have to do it, and that's more or less what the Mishnah Bura Paskins. There are some achronim based on the lashon of the Sefer Akeach who who claim that no, no, you're supposed to take three steps back and then three steps forward. It's hard to see what the reasoning would be. The reasoning might be something in Kabbalah. Uh, basically, most of the poets can hold that it's not actually necessary. It's merely a a something done to make sure to like measure out steps one is going to have to take. And the end of the tefillah, as we shall see, this is mentioned in the Gemara, the end of the tefillah, uh, one takes three steps backwards, 
that very is a Gemara, and there the halacha is that you do return to the place you began. It's the opposite direction. You take three steps backwards, and then, after waiting a certain period of time, you take three steps forward. That's all found in the Gemara, but in the beginning of Tefillah, to take the three steps forward, to begin to davening, this does not have a Talmudic Makar. Again, the idea is really very, very essential. It indicates something very, very important about Tefillah. When one begins to daven, one is leaving one's normal place, the mundane area, your own life, your own occupations, and you enter into God's presence, you enter into an audience with the king, and three physical steps that we take, mentally, they project us out of where we're found and into the presence of Melech Machayam Lachim, Ribon HaOlamim. That's it for today. Tomorrow's Shir will be in Issues and Problems in Medieval Jewish Philosophy. Last week, I didn't give the Shir because of Purim. The Shir will be given tomorrow. And until then, this is Ezra Bik wishing you Kol Tov, here from Gush Etzion and from Yeshivat HaRetzion, you've been listening to KMTT. Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah Udavar Hashem Yerushalayim.